Welcome to the Smart Sign Podcast, a series at the intersection of safety, transportation, and e-commerce. For more information or to find some of the products discussed in our show, visit smartsign.com. I'm here with Ryan Green, the manager of parking and transportation at Georgia College. We're going to talk about what it's like to oversee parking and traffic on a major campus for thousands of drivers. Welcome, Ryan, and thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Okay, so you're the manager of parking and transportation services at Georgia College. Uh, can you tell me exactly what that entails, and is your time split up equally into parking and traffic responsibilities? Sure, I'll be happy to discuss that. So yeah, here at Georgia College, we have um, we have one department that oversees both the parking services, parking enforcement, and parking allocation and maintenance, as well as all of transportation. So on the parking side, we oversee all of our parking lots, um, which we have about approximately 40 surface parking lots, um, meaning that none of those, um, we don't have any parking garages at this time, and we don't have any um, gated parking lots at this time. We just have surface street lots that um, students, employees, faculty, staff are allowed to park in based on the permit, the parking permit that we give them. Um, so we, we oversee those actual lots. Uh, what that entails is, is making sure, of course, that the right um, individuals are parking in the correct lots, making sure that um, only Georgia College community members, people that are part of Georgia College, are parking in our lots, um, unless there's visitors or someone who's here for um, Georgia College purposes. And then also um, making sure that we're utilizing those parking spaces as best as possible. So the enforcement piece, of course, um, involves issuing citations, um, when necessary. Um, if people have events on campus and they need to be able to park, we work with, our office works directly with other areas on campus to make sure that they do have somewhere to park once they get here. Besides the enforcement, we also work on any kind of maintenance and oversee the maintenance piece of the parking lots. So whether that be um, resurfacing, resealing, um, restriping, um, repainting, all that kinds of thing, we do that on all of our, all of our parking lots as well and that does come through our office. and. Um, and that is a piece of the parking side as well. The other, the other side of our department is the transportation side. So we have about 15, um, right around 15, 10 to 15 shuttles that we utilize on a regular basis. Um, some of those, the main priority of those shuttles is to transport students, faculty, staff, employees um, from our mm -hmm. west campus area to our central campus area to our uh, main campus. So we have three different campuses um, all within a few miles, so not very far from one another, but still we like to be able to transport individuals when necessary um, to make sure they can get where they need to be. Sure, sure. Um, and how many students attend Georgia College? Um, you know, there's, if, if you're talking about undergraduate students, right around 5,500 to 6,000. Okay. And then we have, um, I'd say a little under 1,000 of our, of our graduate students that we have. Okay. And, um, and how many parking spaces? So I guess I'm curious, you know, more about uh, how many car parkers or how many drivers are there. Right. Um, you know, we have with a with the most recent parking space inventory we had it back in January of this year, so it's not very old. And looking at some numbers here, um, it looks like 3,500 parking spaces. You know, we have a number. Of course, we have a number of uh, commuter students, so they're coming for certain, you know, certain times throughout the day. You know, maybe just for a few hours here for class. And we also have a number right. of resident students. That's one of our other classifications. Those are students who live on campus, whether that be in our uh, residence halls or our apartments um, on campus. 
and then of course we have employees and staff that are working here on a database a daily basis usually eight to five you know georgia college um you know if you ask us and i used to be a student here i graduated in 2009 and if you ask a student and if you ask employees um, some might say that we have a, a parking um, challenge on campus and really what that is is it's it's a challenge of convenient parking um, when it comes to the number of spaces we really do have enough for people to park in we have a a few um, um, sort of outside perimeter um, lots. We actually call them perimeter lots, and they're not right in the heart of campus. They're a little bit on the outskirts, um, and those are almost always available. We, I don't think we ever um, really have a complete maximum, and everybody's maxed out when it comes to parking. For the most part, if you ever need to find a parking space, we have one for you on our campus. It just not might not be the most convenient place for you. And so um, in order to uh, make things a little more convenient, we have our, our dedicated shuttle service. Um, during the week, every eight minutes, we have a shuttle that comes by to those um, perimeter lots. And if you were to park your car there, you could leave it easily throughout the day and then take one of our shuttles uh, to campus, which isn't a long drive at all. You think that students find that solution of, of shuttling from the parking lots to their classes or wherever they need to be, do they think that's a good solution, or is it that they just want more lots in the convenient locations? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's not the ideal solution. Um, I mean, right. the main reason, of course, is, I mean, it's one thing for employees like, like myself that, you know, we pretty much know our schedule for the most part is usually somewhere close to 8 to 5. It might be a little more easy for um, an employee to be able to depend on that um, to our to, on our transportation system, which is a very dependable system, but to be able to know, you know, if I get in at 7:45 in that lot, then I can guarantee, you know, within by 7:50 or 7:55, I'll, I'll be, you know, in my office without a without a parking challenge. But when it comes to students, you know, they have classes throughout the day. They're on and off all the time. They're going to meetings. They're going to lunch. They're going back mm -hmm. to their apartment or they're going to their dorms or whatever it might be. So with that, it's a little more challenging because they're they're going back and forth so many times on and off campus that, you know, having to go to one of those um, outside lots is a little, a little bit more challenging. It, it still is a solution that we provide, um, but it's, it's not ideal for them. I think, you know, of course, they, like most people, would want a parking lot that's, you know, two feet away from, from the, the door of their next classroom. Okay, so in terms of uh, violations and ticketing, who determines the fines and parking violations for GC? back probably about six or seven years ago when we really um, moved parking and transportation from public safety to auxiliary services, um, fines and citation amounts were determined at that time. And for the most part, they were determined based on looking at other fees uh, that were enforced throughout the state of Georgia. So they looked at comparable okay. universities that are around our size, that are around our location, um, looked at the, the demographic area and said, you know, what, what, what does it make sense to be f fair in comparison to other universities? How should we set our fee structure? And I think that the fees that we have right now are fair. I see. So how many handicapped parking spaces are you required to have? And how do you handle the strict handicapped parking laws that Georgia enforces? Um, no, we have, um, looking at the numbers here, it looks like we have 95 parking space, handicapped parking spaces across, um, across the campus. Um, that number, um, we have to say that the majority of those handicapped spaces have been here for quite some time. Anytime that we build a new lot, we work with um, you know, the, the rules and regulations that are in place um, to make sure that we are um, you know, giving enough um, ADA spaces uh, that are necessary mm -hmm. by the basically just dividing the total number of um, parking spaces that are available on that lot 
and not dividing, excuse me, calculating the total number of parking spaces in that lot and then saying, you know, we need X number of, of handicapped spaces to accommodate. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head of, sure. of percentages, sure. but I know that we, we definitely fall in code to make sure that we are um, more than, and I think we're more, we're more than comparable and, and make sure that we do a good job of having enough ADA and handicapped spaces. And I think for the most part in the majority of our space, our parking lots, we might have one or two extra ones just to make sure we're safe and uh, make sure we're, you know, um, helping the needs of, of individuals that have that. Right. Um, what about uh, separate parking spots for staff, faculty, and students? Do you, do you separate them or are you just in all of your parking lots sort of first come, first serve? We, we definitely separate it out. Um, we have a number of, um, we separate out by employees, um, full-time full employees, not part-time, but, but full-time employees. Um, okay. We have, actually I lied, that's both part-time and, and, and full-time employees, my apologies. We have commuter, um, that commuter classification, which is anybody who is commuting to campus, and it basically just means that you live off campus. So you could live, there's a number of, um, of living options right around campus that are not owned by the university. Uh, they're owned by private companies, but still, if you do not live on our campus, then you get a commuter pass. Um, there's resident parking, which resident means that you are an actual resident of Georgia College and you're living um, in one of our residence halls or apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, now, have you ever thought about putting a dollar value on each parking spot? So even though some students may think parking is free, there, there's surely a high cost to parking maintenance. Um, would you be able to estimate how much a parking space is worth per hour or per day or per month? Yeah, well, there's two sides. Well, the first piece that I'd like to say is, you know, students are paying for their parking, to be honest. They're paying for parking and they're paying for the transportation of shuttles. Um, I mean, some revenue has to come from our department, and it comes from a, a fee. So the students, uh, well, actually, yeah, the students pay a fee um, every semester, and that fee um, is specific to, to Georgia College. Um, and, and they pay that so that they can park on campus and so they can use our, our shuttles when necessary. And then employees, they don't pay a fee, but they do pay a, a, a permit fee, so they basically buy their permit every single year to be able to park on campus. Um, we do have the availability, if, if you'd like to park in our perimeter parking spaces on the outside lots, you actually don't have to pay for parking, so then you're actually taking the shuttle for free and you're, uh, I mean, if you're, a, if you're an employee, that is, I'm sorry, you don't have to pay for that. Um, but if you're a student, then it comes in the fee. Um, that is, is basically, you get to have um, one of those parking permits based on where you live on or off campus. So, um, you know, with that being said, that's that's part of where the revenue comes for our, for our department. Um, in terms of putting a dollar sign on each parking space, um, it, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how that would work. You know, it, it would sort of show. Um, you know, for, for students, I know that some, generally speaking, stereotypically, they have a little more challenge when it comes to finances as, than our employees. I think you'd find that employees would be willing to maybe do that a little bit more if they could guarantee that they're going to have a parking space. Um, you know, we mm -hmm. have some employees on campus that have reserved parking, um, not many, um, at a premium in terms of cost. Um, in, in order to get that approval, it's got to go up through the vice president, uh, through a few vice presidents, actually. So it's a big deal to get a reserve space on this campus. But if, if you compare that directly to your question, which is basically saying, you know, if, if I can almost guarantee that I'm going to have a parking space and I'm going to pay money for it every single day, would people do it? And I think for, for employees, I think you might find some that would be a little more willing. And for students, maybe not as much. Right. You know, if, if you guys ran some sort of study to figure out, okay, we have, you know, 3,500 parking spaces available and we spend X number of dollars on these, you know, parking maintenance per year and therefore each parking space is worth, you know, say $400 over the course of a year. Uh, that, make, make, that might 
um, make students a little bit more appreciative of sort of the cost of parking, even though they maybe pay a parking pay for a parking permit. That parking permit cost might be less than the actual maintenance cost of a parking space, and that might cut down on complaints of of the whole convenience issue because you know students might feel a little bit more appreciative um, based on the high cost of parking. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the maintenance piece definitely plays a huge role. I mean, we spend I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars every year on making sure that our parking lots are, you know, looking as good as possible. But, um, you know, I, I think part of the argument from students might be, well, you know, are, is is the parking and transportation department being the most efficient? If, you know, if if you say it's $400 a parking space, you know, does it, where'd you get that number? Are you, you know, could you not be spending a little less money to still give me parking, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it could be argued. I think it's a good point. Maybe they'd be a little more appreciative, but you know, I'm not really sure. You know, the only the only thing that I could compare that to is that, there's been, you know, um, research done in the past on uh, the most recent price for a uh, parking space in a parking garage. And like I said, we don't have any parking mm -hmm. garages on campus, but just looking at the research just for fun, it, it, it shows that uh, one space in a parking garage, when it comes down to the, the cost of the actual garage itself, not even the ongoing maintenance, but the initial cost is upwards to uh, 11000 11, $15,000, some people even say $20,000 for one space. I mean, the price is, is wow. gigantic. And that for for a parking garage to be built, so you know it's of course less expensive for surface streets, but um, you know when you compare it that way, it's it's uh, interesting statistics. Right. Okay. So you mentioned uh, parking lot maintenance. Uh, how often do you guys repaint your parking lots? Now it depends on the. I mean, like I said, we have almost 40 surface surface lots, so we have a lot of different lots we have to accommodate. Some of those lots only have, I mean, as few as you know, 10 parking spaces. Some of them have hundreds, um, but we. Um, we look at the ones that need them the most. So, you know, um, we have some lots that are utilized less often. Um, so, for example, uh, we have one lot that um, has, has hundreds of parking spaces, but um, it's not utilized that often. It's, it's up there um, a little bit off the, off the side, a few blocks away from where, um, you know, people would like to park necessarily because they can't walk. They could walk from that parking lot to main campus, but it would be a few blocks, and of course, sometimes they prefer mm -hmm. not to do that, especially in the, the hot Georgia weather, so we do, like I said, we do provide those shuttles that go around that lot to pick up students, faculty, and staff, but with that being said, the lot is utilized less often, so, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do maintenance on that lot, we wouldn't repaint those lines as much as a lot that is utilized at 100% capacity, almost 100% capacity every single day, you know, because people are, it's right there on campus, so depending on how much the lot is used, is really de determining how often we might do maintenance on a lot. I would say on average every few years, um, you know, maybe every every two to three years we try to look at, um, you know, each specific lot and see if it needs to be repainted or resealed or, or repaved or, you know, if there's potholes or that kind of thing. Uh, I would say every single year we, we do a general look over all lots on campus and say, okay, you know, we have X number of dollars that we can allocate towards maintenance this year. Let's Let's do the top priorities. And needless to say, you know, if, if we had lots that were completely unusable or had huge potholes, we would make we would make that a priority and go ahead and get that done. But you know, there's the lots that we don't get to every single year. It, it doesn't mean they're not usable at all. They're still in very good shape. It's just a matter of can you, can it wait another year? Or does it have to be done right now? Interesting. And how do you manage uh, parking lot security? Uh, are slashed tires and and car theft a problem? Yeah, we don't find that very often. I mean, every. I think every now and again we've had a few keyed cars, but that doesn't happen a lot either. Uh, we have we have we have um, uh, cameras, and, and I think I'd say 95% to 98% of our parking lots on campus there is at least one camera, if not multiple cameras, in those lots. We do a really good job of 
of uh, making sure that our lots are safe when it comes to cameras and lighting. We work on that on a regular basis to, to make sure if there's any complaints from, from students, faculty, or staff that you know, those are, are um, addressed as quickly as possible. Georgia College is actually named one of the safest campuses um, at, in the United States a few years ago. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a very safe campus, and, we, and we, part of the reason why that is is because we do have a number of, of cameras and, and lights. Um, and, and the area, really, for where Georgia College is, it's right in the downtown part of Milledgeville. Um, it's a very happening place, and, and when it comes down to it, it's, it's not, you know, um, it's not a very um, dark area in terms of the lighting, so there's, there's not as much opportunity for, for theft and things like that. And do, do the car parkers know that they're being filmed, that there's a camera around? Is there a security signage or CCTV signs? Uh, we do have signage spread throughout the campus. I, I would not say there's a sign in every single parking lot, though. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk about parking permits for a minute. Uh, as one of the main products that we sell at SmartSign, we happen to be very intrigued by them. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your parking permit program. You spoke a little bit about it earlier in terms of the difference between student and faculty parking, but um, do students and faculty, uh, do they all need permits to park? And also, how do you manage the permits for thousands of vehicles? Yeah. We, um, anybody who wants to park on our campus needs to have a permit. Um, the only exception to that is a visitor, and if you are a visitor to our campus, we, we would ask that you get in touch with whoever you're going to visit. So, for instance, if you're, you know, uh, working with um, someone in our English department and you're coming for the day, we would ask that the individual from the English department would contact our department uh, in, in parking here, and we would we would issue a, a visitor parking pass, and then they could have that so that we wouldn't ticket them. While while our our campus parking lots are often are usually most utilized for our specific venues on campus, we do we are sort of in the heart of the downtown area, and from time to time we might have individuals who want to go, you know, eat at a restaurant downtown, but you know, since one of our lots is pretty close, they could just go park in there instead, and that's what we don't want because our, our students, faculty, and staff are paying um, paying for permits and they're paying fees to make sure that we, you know, utilize those spaces as best as possible. So that's that's part of the reason why we make sure that every single individual who parks on our campus does have a parking permit, whether you're an employee um, or whether you're a student that's living off or on campus. Um, in terms How of the program itself, I mentioned that we have um, employee, commuter, resident, and perimeter um, set classifications, if you will, of individuals. Um, at the beginning of the year, uh, well, first of all, we, we target in the very beginning during the summer our, our freshmen that are coming in, uh, since it's a new process for them to, um, you know, obviously be on campus and to park a car on campus. Um, we reach out to them prior to them coming to campus. Um, we send them some mail pieces and send them some emails to let them know that we would ask that they register for a permit. They can register online. Um, for that permit, and then once they get to campus, usually during their orientation, so when they come to actually, you know, sit down with their parents and talk about, you know, the classes they have and all the ins and outs of, you know, what's on a campus, what services we provide, that's when uh, during those orientations during the summer, um, our, our office is out um, and, and passing out those permits to the, the correct individuals as they registered online. We utilize um, T2, which is a, a parking software system and company. Um, we, we enjoy working with them a lot. They do a really great job, and they make things pretty easy for us, great customer service. So with that being said, we, um, we get pretty much all the students on campus and employees on campus come through a system called Banner, and once they're um, through the registrar's office, once they're entered into that system, uh, once they apply you know, to be a student and they're you know, um, 
um, they enroll and, and the employees on campus and things like that, then they come through that system and they pretty much automatically go into our parking software system. So we know, you know, that if they're going to park on campus, um, we, we assign a permit to them, a permit number, and then they um, hang those permits in their cars. So we have hang tag permits. We don't have stickers. Um, which we had at one point, but it got a little bit annoying, um, so we went with hang tag permits instead. Um, every single year, we ask that students get a new parking permit um, for the year, and uh, they do expire uh, right before the new school year begins so that they, they get a new one. Um, we, we mainly do that to make sure that we have the correct parking information, uh, or car information, excuse me, on those individuals. And then for employees, they can, um, if they'd like to, they can come get a new permit every year. But we also have an option where they can just get one permit and then keep that hang tag in their car as long as they're an employee for our campus. They do pay the fee every single year um, through direct deposit, excuse me, through um, payroll deduction out of, their, out of their paychecks. It comes to us, uh, but they don't have to go through the hassle of getting another parking permit. But every student does have to get a new parking permit each year. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see what else for parking. So, yeah, like I said, we, we issue out those parking permits to students and faculty and staff at the beginning of the year. They have them throughout the year, um, and, and really it's, it's no hassle after that as long as they're, you know, parking in the, in the parking lots that they're uh, correctly assigned and they're not parking on, you know, in fire lanes or on yellow warning curbs or anything like that, then, uh, you know, they don't, they don't get any parking citations. But um, from time to time, especially when you're running late for class or something like that and, and parking is at a, at a high, highest demand of the day, then, you know, that's when you'll have to um, work with the enforcement of the lots. Interesting. So do you, do you guys have any trouble with fake or duplicate permits? Uh, we don't, no. We have a, a specific seal that's printed um, through, the, through the vendor that we work with um, to get those parking permits made, um, the specific seal on there that, that basically can't be duplicated, and we do not have issues. They're hard plastic, and um, it would, uh, to be honest, it would be, it'd be somewhat impressive if they were to, <laughs> to duplicate them because right. they would they, be pretty hard to do. So we don't have that issue. And how often do you, do you check the parked cars to make sure that their permits are not only displayed but also uh, valid and not expired? Yep. So enforcement for lots, we, we enforce Monday through Friday, 8 in the morning until 5 in the evening. Um, that's our, our general, that's our, our enforcement time. Um, if somebody wants to, technically, we, we don't really broadcast it, but as long, uh, if somebody wants to park, um, after 5 o'clock in one of our parking, if, if, an, if let's say it's um, a commuter student um, has a class at 5.30 in the evening and they want to go park in an employee lot or they want to go park in a resident lot, um, we will not be out there to, to issue tickets for them. Um, between 8 and 5, though, we, we will be out there um, almost, almost all day long. We have somebody on the lots. Of course, they're not in every lot at all the times, but they're somewhere on the lots um, looking through to see to make sure that you know, people are correcting the, in the correct lots making sure that they have uh, um, valid permits and making sure that they're not parking in, you know, in handicapped spaces when they're not supposed to or in fire lanes. If after 5 o'clock, if um, somebody is parked in a handicapped spot and they're not, supposed, they're not actually handicapped or don't have the correct identification to be handicapped, um, or if they're parked in a fire lane, up on a curb, you know, across multiple spaces, anything that's a hazard or, or dangerous um, to the actual um, um, to traffic flow, then we, our public safety um, department um, can intervene if necessary and issue a permit, excuse me, issue a citation. We do have um,
student workers that work for us um, up until 10 o'clock in the evening, Monday through Thursday, and up until 7 o'clock on Friday. And so um, uh, periodically they'll go out after 5 o'clock and, if necessary, enforce just what I just mentioned, um, just to make sure that people are parking legally in, in you know in correct spaces, not necessarily in the in in the lot that they have to park in, um, but making sure that it's not, you know not a hazard in any way to the flow of traffic. And and if they were to park in in a spot they weren't supposed to be parking in, like if they a commuter was parking in a resident spot or something like that, um, they could technically do it after five o'clock and not get a ticket. But first thing at eight o'clock the next morning, um, we will be enforcing. And if they're not um, in the correct space, they would get a ticket. And do you know how much revenue Georgia College brings in from uh, ticket fines? Yeah, our, I mean, our, our, um, the revenue we bring in for um, our ticket fines, um, it's, not, it's not that high when it comes to the total revenue that we bring in as a department. Most of our money is coming in directly from, um, from the, the student fees that are paid each year. Um, or excuse me, each semester by students and then also by um, employees that are paying for parking permits. That's where the majority of our revenue comes in. And then we also have a lot of revenue that comes in um, from our, our chartering. So like, you know, like I said, like if we take uh, our baseball team to a, an event in South Carolina, then, you know, there's a, there's a fee, of course, involved for the utilization of our shuttles and our drivers and all of our services. So that those are sort of our biggest areas of revenue. When it comes to citations, it's not very high at all. It's a, very, it's really a very small percentage. The main reason why we do parking um, enforcement on our lots is really for the safety, to make sure the flow of traffic uh, is the way it's supposed to be, but then also to make sure that um, people are, are utilizing the lots they're supposed to be utilizing, um, making sure that it's as fair as possible, and making sure that we, have, uh, we don't have any non-Georgia College individuals parking on our lots. Well, it seems like uh, your students and faculty are uh, also pretty ab abiding citizens. Yeah, I mean that's it's a good point to bring up. You know, we um, I will say a few years ago the the um, the revenue we brought in from parking tickets and citations were they were it was a little higher um, than it is now, and it, it's actually gone down over the last three years. And um, you know, for us, we we don't really um, we don't depend on that money to operate as a department. Okay, an important part. You know, we don't we're not going out there saying we got to put you know, five more people on the lot because we got to make sure we hit our quota. We don't have quotas. You know, we make what we make. And to be honest, you know, it, it, it helps out a little, it helps out a good bit. If, if, if people are good, um, you know, Samaritans and they're parking like they're supposed to be, you know, it, it's better for everybody because, you know, it, like I said, we're not dependent on that revenue to operate as a department. And we, we don't want to have to put out students and employees and, and make them upset at us if, if they're, um, you know, if we don't have to. Right. Well, you know, if only, uh, the New York City DOT acted the same way. I know there'd be a lot more uh, happy New Yorkers around here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what about sign theft? Do you know if you guys have a problem with sign theft? Yeah, uh, unfortunately we have seen some of that. Um, I, I couldn't compare how bad our sign theft is to other universities. We haven't, I haven't really seen numbers on that. Um, it's not an ongoing concern. We don't, it doesn't happen every day by any means. We might have a few signs stolen throughout the year. Um, it's not a line item we put in our budget for replacement of signs by any means, but um, I mean it does happen here or there though. Yeah, because I, I mean I've heard stories of uh, large universities and also I mean small municipalities where sign theft is just a huge problem and, and they'll lose you know tens of thousands of dollars in revenue just because of sign theft. Um, no, yeah, we haven't had that issue. I will admit we have some pretty cool signs. We've actually um, a, a few signs that have uh, maybe someone 
hit it accidentally with their car or maybe a, a rock hit it or, or something and, and it wasn't up to the kind of quality of signage that we wanted to have on our campus, we would take it, um, take it off the lots and put it back in our office um, it, pretty much to be discarded at a later time because it wasn't usable again. But we actually just moved into some new offices and we decided, hey, why not just put up some, some of our own parking signs on the wall? It looks pretty cool on the wall. So I, while yeah. I don't... I don't. I don't recommend it at all, and it's not a good thing to do. I have to say, they look pretty cool on our walls. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, our offices are are uh, are covered. The walls of our offices are covered with signs, and we have furniture made of signs, and we, <laughs> we, have, we have decals and and, and signage galore here. Um, all right. So for a couple of minutes, let's discuss some of your duties as uh, manager of, of transportation. Um, uh, at SmartSign, we do a lot of advocacy and education about texting while driving. Uh, do you know if you have an official enforced no texting while driving policy? Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely have that enforced. We definitely have. I mean, yeah, I mean our. I mean, when it comes to our our shuttle drivers, there's no way they're doing that. They're not supposed to actually be utilized. They don't utilize their personal cell phones while driving. Period. There's no answering the phone. There's mm -hmm. no communicate. You know, they they do hit shuttle stops throughout the day, of course, and they stop for you know three or four minutes here or there. Sometimes a little bit longer, depending on uh, which stop they're at. You know, to pick up students and take a quick break to run to the restroom and things like that. We don't mind if they utilize um, you know communication devices at that time as long as the bus is not in motion, it's you know properly parked, everything is safe, um, that's okay with us. Um, but in terms of while they're in the driver's seat actually operating the vehicle, yeah, no way. That's definitely uh, a policy that we enforce. Um, what about uh, bike parking? Um, do, do you have a, a, a bike inventory management uh, system in place for bicycle registration? And um, to, to, to you as sort of the manager of parking transportation, um, have any duties with uh, you know bicycle bicycle parking and bicycle storage? Yeah, that's a great question. We um, we actually have um, let's actually look at some numbers here. Um, let's if you hang on just one, one quick second. We we actually did a study just a few months ago of how many different bike spaces we have on campus. It looks like we have a little over 400 spaces for um, okay. yeah, a little over 400 spaces for bikes on our campus, which I think is a pretty high number. Uh, to be honest, they don't, uh, they're not utilized uh, to the highest extent, but they are in certain areas like your main campus, closest to your, where a lot of your core classes are. Um, you'll see bike um, bike racks that are utilized all the time. We, we, um, we're ever growing the number of bike racks that we have. We do see the demand, especially in those, those high areas where there's a lot of classroom or excuse me, classes that we do see bikes that are utilized all the time. We do um, issue permits for um, for bicycles. There's no additional charge. It's actually the same um, same um, system. T2. We use that for for bicycle permits. We basically just um, use the same permit number that that individual might have for their car if they have a car, and print that out in in in, in, a, in a sticky form, and then they. Uh, um, and then they put that on their on their bicycle, so that then uh, we have a record of that bicycle being there. So if it was to be parked completely inappropriately or in a dangerous way, it was impeding the flow of pedestrian traffic or or you know automobile traffic, um, we would have to get that moved. We would contact them directly. If a if a uh, bicycle was to be stolen for whatever reason, and our public safety department or our department was to find that bicycle, then we would be able to contact the owner to make sure they knew. Uh, that we had it. So we, we do recommend that students go through that process. Um, it's actually a new process we just implemented. Um, we've had it sort of informally over the last few years, but it's a more formal process now just starting this past August where we sort of communicated out and we're still in the process of communicating out to students, 
hey, if you have a bike, or employees, if you have a bike, please come to our offices so that we can track that and, and have it. Um, we don't issue tickets for bikes, you know, by any means. It's not a, a no, not a way for us to make more money. That's not the purpose. The purpose is, is to be able to keep a track of them in our system so that um, if it's stolen, mainly if it's stolen, we're able to figure out whose it is if it is recovered. Uh, you, you guys seem like an easygoing school. Um, seems like you guys put a high value, high value on, on, on student happiness and convenience, uh, which which is great. Yeah, we really try to do that, you know. And and like I said, there, more and more bikes are coming on campus, especially you know with with um, you know being more sustainable. It's a it's a it's a thing we recognize as often as possible. We're, we're trying to become an official bicycle friendly campus. Um, I mean, I think we're bicycle friendly, but I don't know if we have the exact um, wording for it, justification for it yet. So, um, w- with the increase of the number of bikes that we will see on campus, it's great in the first place because it helps with our parking situation with cars, um, but at the same time, we, we might have to look at the possibility of enforcing, um, you know, correct parking of bicycles if necessary. We haven't we haven't found in the past for it to be a huge issue, though. Okay, well, I think that's, uh, that's all we probably have time for today. Uh, thank you again, Ryan, for speaking with us about this interesting topic. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smart Sign Podcast. For more, please visit our website at smartsign.com.